Jacob Forrest Jennings Severn. Max Boschert Zielsdorf. The name of our podcast is To Be Decided. Yes. <laughs> That's the name. That's the name of the podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number six of the podcast Skype High Five. My name is Max Bosch-Zilsdorf. I'm Jacob Severn. And uh, boy, have we got a treat for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been a, it's, it's been a little while. Things yeah. have uh, happened in the world. Yeah, there's so many things to, to catch up on and dissect and discuss. Or not dissect, but like digest. I feel like that's what, that's what this podcast helps me do anyway. Going, yeah. What the fuck? I feel like yeah. I feel like that as well. Um, I saw a guy in my neighborhood uh, selling a uh, party package um, to another guy in my neighborhood on a street corner, and part <laughs> of what he was selling was twenty go-go bitches. So I feel like that's just one of the many things that's happened in the past month that I could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that you've that you've had like it's kind of like stewed and just been like oh I really wish I could talk about that on the fucking podcast but I'm too busy. I know right why is this guy in a puffer jacket selling a part a party package to another guy and the other guy is listening really intently <laughs> and it was one hundred fifty dollars a bottle for bottle service wow yeah I don't know man you get the room all night though I guess but um so bottle service is just this may be literally the second time we've talked about bottle service on this podcast <laughs> because i still feel like i don't quite get all the details <laughs> like there's a lot of ins and outs it's like trying to teach someone magic the gathering <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot like that and or netrunner i it, it's more like bottle service is more like the netrunner of things that jay-z does <laughs> Like, like in comparison to what? Like in, like in comparison to? Oh, I don't know. Just like getting a Hummer H three for Beyonce. That's like the Magic the Gathering of things that Jay Z does. This is a crazy. I sat down to my SATs, and the very first question is: Jay Z is to Netrunner as. Hummer H3 is to... <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> City College it is. <laughs> well, what confuses you about bottle service? It's pretty simple. So, it's bottle service. <laughs> so, but, like, okay, so you sit at a table with your friends and you have one bottle in ice or at the table and you get to pour it. Because you own the bottle. Yeah. yeah. I think that's I think that's basically it. And uh, the goal of the whole thing is to is to then talk about it for like years after you did it. So it's just because it so but there's no reason why it should be more expensive than because like if you went up to the bar over and over again and got so many shots that you finished off a fifth, it's not going to be one hundred and fifty dollars worth of shots, is it? I I mean at some places it might be I think and I think one hundred fifty dollars is I mean I mean just one of the reasons I brought up that guy is because I, I is because it, you said 
a lot of things to digest and that was a that was a that that, that guy selling a party package in my neighborhood was one of the one of the harsher things i saw recently oh, for sure. but uh, <laughs> it was pretty terrible but um but uh i think 150 dollars for bottle service is actually really cheap so okay, i think that's usually I you're too. paying like four to seven hundred dollars so or something like that you're not paying for the alcohol and you're not paying for the regular access to the alcohol because that's 20 feet across the bar and a bit of a wait in line right i think you're paying for the you're paying for being able to say you got bottle service. So it just and kind I think, of is it supposed to emulate like being a celebrity who gets preferential treatment in a club? I think so. I think so. It's like having uh you know, well you you know the idea that like the White House can't really be that fancy because they give people tours of the White House and those people are wearing jeans. <laughs> So, I, I always assumed it was because they didn't want to seem like Roman emperors. <laughs> oh yeah, that's probably true too. But like you can, like like if you stand in a beautiful marble hallway of the White House, uh you're ne- you can never really think like, "Oh, this is such a fancy room" because then you look down the hallway and there's some mom in jeans there gotcha. um, getting a tour. And so maybe the bottle service is sort of like – because you can get bottle service and then you have the bottle and therefore you can keep the uh, waiters and waitresses out of your VIP room because you're just serving yourself. And so you don't have to bother yourself with the people who are getting paid $2.50 plus tips. I would not have any problem bothering with them. The only downside would be if it took them forever to come around every time. Well, but – you're, I mean, you're also not the type who gets. But I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't either. But, uh, but that's, that's maybe an advantage of bottle service for giant jerks. Like, I don't <laughs> See, know, like, like, I am, I am not like. I, I've definitely heard people be like, "Well, why would you pay extra money for that nicer coat or whatever? Like for that, you know, this other coat will get you warm." Like, I don't have Aspergers. Like, I understand the value <laughs> of a cultural. What do you call it? Like a, like a. A totem of of wealth or whatever. There's a better word for that, but that's what I can think of right now. Right. But I I don't necessarily buy into it, but I totally understand the value of it. But, like, the bottle service thing seems like there must be something that I'm not getting. Some other, other like, meter that's at zero all my life, and these people, through bottle service, have increased the meter up to 100%. Right. Yeah. I also I don't know if this is, you know, this is this is all this is all speculation at this point and I suppose I'm never <laughs> going to know because I'm never going to get bottle service, but it seems illegal. And it seems like oh, maybe they're charging so a... much because you don't have a license to pour liquor and it uh... seems like maybe they charge so much just because it's like that slight – it's like nobody's going to get busted for having bottle service at their club, but maybe it's technically like, like you're paying for somewhat – yeah, I don't know. If everyone pays $500, then the one in 2,000 times that they get busted, they have all this money on hand to just pay off the cops or whatever. Yeah, I <laughs> guess. To deal with the fines. Yeah. Interesting. I'll go with I don't – so it's uh, this yeah. idea that like you're paying to like live slightly on the outside of the law for like a couple hours. I guess so. Yeah. It's like those crazy things where like you can pay a whole bunch of money. It's kind of like the game uh starring 
uh, Michael Douglas. But mm-hmm. that was based on like a real thing, supposedly. Although I think that that real <laughs> thing was super tame. But uh, <laughs> did we have we discussed the game on this <laughs> podcast before? <laughs> Which is we have four we have four or five topics we're looping to. <laughs> spoilers for the game, I guess. But that shit. That shit ends up being a birthday party. <laughs> like, that, yeah, <laughs> the, the end of the, the twist ending of the game is that it's his birthday. <laughs> exactly. And the whole time, if you pay close attention, there's balloons in the background of every shot. I know, right? Why? And Why? every Why? clock is set to 420. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which has nothing to do with the other thing, but it's pretty cool IMDb That's, fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... Uh, and also, Clint Howard is in it. <laughs> I feel like that's another IMDb. You, know, you look up Ron Howard on IMDb, the main like trivia facts is like, Clint Howard is in all of his movies. It's <laughs> his brother. That's true. Yeah, well, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's kind of sweet. Like, oh, celebrities are just like us. They also feel bad for their <laughs> less successful older sibling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, that... Uh, I was going to say about Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're going to say something about the game and bottle service. Oh, just that, like, there is the. I've heard rumors of a thing, and I feel like there's probably a Vice article about it or something about uh, you can pay to be kidnapped, and yeah, you basically get a bag put over your head and thrown into a van and then driven to some location, and then people yell at you and then threaten you, and I think that's about it. Like, maybe you're there for a couple hours, or maybe it's there for eight hours or some shit that it's interminably long and terrifying and then they go okay you're free i hope you had fun right rich person who you know needs to be tortured to feel anything park (laughs) yeah um i really wanted to go on a vacation but i didn't really have all the money to pay for anything and i looked up this company that would just sell the sell me the memory of the vacation and then when I went there, they upgraded my package to this whole spy thing. And um, and I don't want to give it away, but in the end, um, I was on Mars and my eyeballs popped out of my head. <laughs> I recently saw uh, Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking gave away the ending. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I, I was also super muscular and a bad actor. <laughs> hey, there's nothing bad acting about him pulling that thing out of his nose. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's terrifying. That's <laughs> true. Or when the, the he's holding the guy or the guy's holding him, like they're fighting or something, and the guy doesn't want to let him go, and then they're in like the elevator, and it like chops the guy's arms off. Was, oh gosh, I don't remember that. <laughs> how, how did how did action movies become not that? That was like the remember when there was blood everywhere yeah. in action movies and like like that movie RoboCop. Like oh, well, I guess those are both Paul Verhoeven movies. <laughs> yeah, maybe exactly. that's maybe that's why. <laughs> but I feel like in Paul general. Verhoeven action movies in the 80s up through like mid 90s had a lot more blood yeah i think because they started i don't know well i think a lot of it was that people started to see it as like they started to confuse even those high budget movies with the like channel 11 saturday afternoon you know like death wish 2 kind of movies 
like mm-hmm. an all-star, like or Dirty Harry. Like that's a common name. Everyone knows that Dirty Harry was Clint Eastwood, and that there were a bunch of them, and that he was a crazy cop in the '70s. But no one's really watched those movies, and like, or a lot of people haven't. I'm sure there's huge Dirty Harry fans who are fans of this podcast as well. Uh, <laughs> the Venn diagram. Oh, please, we're a crossover. Yeah, <laughs> crossover cast. <laughs> but uh, like you know, those movies were like. Also, like pretty, pretty bad and not great, like uh, production value and very, very violent. So I think like that, like the violence must have gotten lumped in with the kind of like trashiness factor. Yeah. And so they started like, and so I'm guessing like, you know, the, like the Will Smiths came up in the world and were like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that movie because it has a scene where guys' arms get chopped off by an elevator. So... You've got to cut that out and make it more like a hip hop video, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, it's 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 probably also a ratings thing. Like yeah. um, it can get a PG thirteen if it has no blood in it. But there's way more bystander deaths in like <laughs> big new action movies. I feel like like the Avengers. Yeah, you like, never see people die, but. You gotta assume if they're destroying a city in like every movie, like that there's so many people dying. Yeah, but you never see like, yeah, you never see some innocent person dying in the Avengers. That would be such a bummer. (laughs) I'm so glad I just got to watch the Chris Hemsworth rippling abs instead of watching all those people get killed. (laughs) It would be great if they just like there was just like one shot of like a random guy getting going ah and then like metal coming up and crushing. <laughs> just, that's one shot spliced he, in. He's holding a balloon that says "Happy Birthday." <laughs> Poor fucking guy. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, that was the director's cameo." Nope, it was just some extra. <laughs> it was some extra. <laughs> it's actually if you look that's up their social it, commentary. That's the little social commentary they slipped into the Avengers. Yeah, is that some yeah. guy died on his birthday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's weird. If you go frame by frame, the giant piece of metal that crushes him, it written on it is FDIC insurance. <laughs> oh. Weird political cartoon they just shot <laughs> in the middle of the Avengers. <laughs> Good one, Joss Whedon. <laughs> him and, uh, uh, oh, fuck, why can I never remember his name? Uh,. <laughs> Clint Howard. Clint, <laughs> Clint Howard. Add it again. He does kind of look like he's related to Clint Howard. No offense, <laughs> Joss Whedon. <laughs> oh, poor Clint Howard. <laughs> Apologizing to Joss Whedon <laughs> for comparing him. <laughs> yeah, I uh, kind of recently, a friend of mine and I were very slowly going through the original Star Trek episodes, and. Uh, and goddamn, that's a lot of fun because it's, you know, 33% like great classic, like well written science fiction ideas, 33% like uh, colorful, crazy, like no one could get away with this, how over the top and loud and bizarre it is. And then 33% mm-hmm. like so bad it's good, like, like 
like I guess it's hard to say it's good, but like slapping women to calm them down, kind of like outdated like <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and so like at any given moment, there's a different kind of enjoyment <laughs> like uh-huh. between ironic, ironic, and genuine. Totally. And then for me, there's the added layer of like, well, I'm a giant fucking nerd, so at any point, I can turn to my friend and be like. This is actually the first time they use the phrase Starfleet. <laughs> like, super into that shit. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, Clint Howard is in, an, like, the third episode of the original Star Trek as a Whoa. little kid. And he's, like, this cretinous little weirdo alien. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, try some Klemja. It is very tasty. <laughs> So Yay! <laughs> I love Clint Howard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're watching it, and she was like, "Oh, gross! What a weird little kid!" And I was like, "That is Clint Howard." <laughs> I had to like find like something else he'd been in. Like he's the guy in the tree from that Arrested Development. And eventually, she was like, "Oh, weird! <laughs> it's totally him." Oh, that's so great. <clears throat> Uh, one thing that has happened that, you know, we're not a, we're not just as much as it as we're just talking about movies we've seen, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we are not just a podcast that, that reflects on new media, but one piece of new media that, um, one could blame that we're just being the New Yorker and overhyping how this is changing comedy is, uh, that I wanted to talk about if only briefly was the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt Oh yeah, yeah. No, I just uh, I just finished that. I throughout watching it, um, listened to uh, a lot of people uh, talk about how great it was. Um, yeah, so and, we're only going to uh, add to the the noise, you know. But still, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I only just today uh, heard some uh, negative criticisms some 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 very tamped down negative like they, they they weren't out and out negative i think it's agreed that that shows a net positive but i only just today heard some negative criticisms of the of the portrayals of race on the show how mm-hmm. they could have tried a little harder to make the uh characters not broad ethnic stereotypes yeah but um well but, uh I, but I've heard backlash to the backlash already, of course, where people are saying, like, hyper PC afraid liberals are, you know, they're right to, to have that opinion or those fears or whatever. But um, <clears throat> what's so cool is that it's it's living the dream of post-racial in a way, like not that we should just be so, ah, oh, we're fine and we're through it or whatever. But this idea of like they don't they're not playing with kitty gloves. They're just being like. Yeah, we went there, and we're going past there, and we—it's—it's it's fine. Like we're just having fun. Everyone is equally lambasted, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Somebody pointed out that that it's that the joke of a of an Asian person's name sounding like a slang term for penis is uh, <clears throat> is very tired. Um, and then someone else pointed out that like, well, they have the joke. They have the joke that her name in Vietnamese is a slang term for mm-hmm. penis. And I was listening to something earlier today where they were discussing that and they said, well, that would only be funny if it were true. And then it turns out it basically is true. Yeah. Like, that's what it, I thought it, I'd heard is that it's true. Yeah. So, so like it, it, 
it does work. Mm-hmm. Like it all checks out. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely when like, they announced his name was Dong, I sort of went, huh. <laughs> like, but like yeah. knowing, like the voice of the show has already established that it's ridiculous and ridiculous in that sort of like, ugh, you're an idiot kind of ridiculous. And so yeah. for the show to do that is sort of like, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's it seems like, well, we we, I mean... Okay, it's true that we're not totally past the point like like Asians are underrepresented in 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 big media, but at the same time like it's such an old stupid joke from such an old crappy movie that or like beloved 80s movie that like only a complete like someone completely humorless would would think that they're trying to say that as a joke. Like the joke is right. that they'd still do that, you know? And right. that's not even that fresh, but again, that's where I think like the silly goofiness comes in where it's it's almost like the kind of thing that like if Kimmy Schmidt were writing the script, she'd be like <laughs> when she wrote that joke. No, that's totally true. And yeah, there's like I couldn't think of one other show that I've seen where the romantic lead is uh, an Asian man mm-hmm. playing the romantic lead to a white woman like that like that I was like I was like come on people saying that this show is broad and stereotype e because yeah. you have that and right. it's pretty awesome yeah. I don't know yeah that is cool yeah and there was know. also the entire B plot of uh, of uh, Titus Andromedon finding it easier to exist in New York City as a werewolf than as a, a black man. I thought it was great. I know. I, I was like, it was like, if you gave me a second to stop cracking up show, that plot idea would make me very sad. <laughs> like, I found myself just being like, boo, when he first said it. But at the same time, it was just so fucking ludicrous that it was just like hilarious at the same time and they could have explored that more i guess but it was still just so to me the thing that made me want to talk to you about it specifically it seemed like the kind of thing we would want to say on this podcast if we were funny enough which was the thing where uh dong cannot he does not totally remember the English correct titles for movies. And each time he says one, she kind of like rolling, like chucklingly corrects him on what the actual title is. And so one of them is like, um, like alone by myself again. And she's like home alone too. And then she says, yeah. uh, puppet frog and pig wife take Manhattan. And she isn't sure. And stops to think about it and says, when Harry met Sally, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to pause and laugh for like 15 minutes. Like I almost like fainted from laughter because it was so mean <laughs> out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> but like in the most like playful, like little de-de-de-de-de. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, you're so mean. And they did not deserve that. <laughs> That's great. And it, it basically, I kind of flash back to you saying, Paul Reiser didn't do a lot of things. <laughs> I, I got, I got, uh, uh, um, uh, I don't know if I'll always be listening to this podcast, but I did get that, give that episode a listen. And uh, I got some apologies to make to Paul Reiser. <laughs> I was really mean to Paul Reiser for no reason. And I heard randomly later that he's like 
really nice that he's like a super decent guy nice, i nice. was like really i don't know for some reason i just assumed paul riser's the worst and <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad that he accidentally sends that across even though he's not that guy at all <laughs> i don't know Maybe, it, maybe it's just because he's the bad guy in Aliens. <laughs> Makes sense. You've never quite forgiven him. For <laughs> I've that. never quite gotten over what he did to Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like, I guess maybe it's getting to the point where silly, really super aggressively silly comedy is is well represented. Like. And yet, but I still have the, this feeling when I watch something like Kimmy Schmidt or um, even Portlandia, definitely Portlandia, but although I feel like it's, you know, like we were talking about with Keen Peel, it's been a couple of years since it's been like totally on point, but yeah, uh, still good, still good. But uh, those kinds of shows, like these comedians are just being so fucking silly and it doesn't make sense. And a lot of the jokes are just fun and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the idea of like the comedians making each, making each other laugh is is totally what that is. Except, except there's no like like logic. You could never explain why those jokes are funny. So, uh, do we maybe want to tackle one of our topics? Uh, or is there something else in particular? Because yes. like it's you know as we discussed, there are many things stuck in our craw that we need to digest via podcast. Via Skype High Five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of things that have happened since we last talked. Uh, I thought it I thought it might be fun to um, talk about uh, the uh, SNL forty thing uh, and how. Um, uh, Eddie Murphy's the worst, but that's kind of, I don't know, whatever. That's <laughs> well, fine. I couldn't. So with the SNL 40 thing, just real briefly, I uh, legally got it on my computer and saved it for a while and was finally in the mood to watch it. And I got about half an hour in before I was like, I'll get back to this later. I don't think I can take it all right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to take. I found it pretty not funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I never came back <laughs> I yeah i actually just deleted the file like, i mean there's i mean there's too much out there there's too many many adventure times to watch <laughs> right, uh, exactly for you to watch an snl 40 and and like the show like so from the very beginning they had this really fun intro that was like a minute maybe maybe 30 seconds but it felt like a very long opening that was like zipping past real quick it was almost like doing like a what is it cover flow in itunes mm. of famous sketches and i feel like it always held longest on um late 90s like basically will ferrell era yeah and there's nothing wrong with that but honestly for 40th anniversary i'm most excited about like the first season or like the first like five years or whatever and so like when they brought out um and they didn't ignore that, but I just like I realized very quickly that it was going to be five percent old stuff as a tribute, and then ninety five percent Will Ferrell. <laughs> right. Well, that's an like. I feel like maybe maybe things are just so self selecting and targeted now. Uh, 
where I feel like everything is directed at me uh, because those are the only things I'm seeing because right. uh, because because everything is selected and curated for me now. But I uh, I I feel like something like uh, uh, there was a very. Um, uh, the sensibility of it seemed to be informed by the same sensibility that I see uh, informing BuzzFeed lists, um, hmm. where it uh, like I always felt like I am too old to be called a millennial. I'm supposed to in my age bracket. If if you judge millennial by years, you and I are millennials because mm-hmm. I think it starts at it starts at 1980 or something, which I, I think feel like right, is. Yeah. Which I feel like is super old, mm-hmm. but then I see all this, all these things on BuzzFeed, uh, uh, like um, uh, twenty-three things every millennial should know, and it all seems directed exactly at someone who's precisely my age. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, and and um, and BuzzFeed as and like I said, it's probably just because it's self-selecting and it's targeted, and they have uh, geniuses working for them who will. Uh, who will make it so I don't see any other content. Um, uh, but it seems like that website is made for people my age. Like every, every article is like, it's like, uh, 20 reasons why being in your early thirties is better than being in your early twenties. Right, yeah. I thought that was and, really interesting when I saw a, probably that same article, I was like, Oh weird. Like it's tracking with me. Like, yeah. As yeah, I exa- get older, so too are the fucking, you know, soulless writers of BuzzFeed. Exactly. And I was thinking about that. I was like, well, it could just be targeted advertising. But then I thought more, more about it. I was like, well, what does a 23-year-old care about BuzzFeed? Like, BuzzFeed is probably being yeah. written by and for mostly me. I think so. Um, and I felt like that about the um, uh, SNL 40 thing is 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 the the people the people watching it are the people who were in who were teenagers when will ferrell was on it gotcha and uh and, and the, the other people are either too old or too young right um uh and you know it's mostly playing to the late 20s early 30s crowd or you know mid 20s to mid 30s mm-hmm. crowd that's interesting yeah yeah that's um that's interesting because it's like, then why is it that I find that so much less, like, I find that exciting to see some Will Ferrell crowd, but to me, it's more exciting to either go slightly ahead with your, uh, your Kristen Wiggs or quite a bit behind with your, um, uh, uh, John, um, Lovitz. Right. Right. I, uh, um, uh, well, you've just seen so much from Will Ferrell. You've just, you, Will Ferrell is tracked with you, like you said. So, like, you just have seen all things Will Ferrell. So, mm-hmm. it, uh, uh, you don't really care about seeing those sketches anymore. Yeah. Um, even though it did kind of, it does kind of remind you that, like, Will Ferrell, about Will Ferrell's beginnings, which were, like, uh, compared to what he does now, which is like extremely uh, humble, and you think, oh, well, that's why Will Ferrell is like the highest paid comedian in the world right. because he's super great and developed all these weird characters. Um, it's very true. But, uh, but, 
yeah, the whole thing was just super boring. We don't have to talk about it. It was something like, oh, I should talk to Max about this. And also, why does anyone ever think Eddie Murphy's funny? But uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, by far the most... Uh, the by, Oh, that's another great example of movies being way more violent in the 80s that are like considered mainstream movies was uh eddie murphy's delirious (laughs) (laughs) when he he, uh staged the uh famous black and white photo of the gun against the head of the chinese (laughs) 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 Uh, what i don't know what i'm talking about i wish i could very specifically reference what that thing is it's a really scary black and white photo from time magazine there's a chinese protester and a soldier has a gun up to his head and i think it might be taken right as he's being shot I'm not totally sure. It's oh my really intense, grotesque, historical uh, significance. Speaking of grotesque historical, I was thinking about the the uh, about the photograph, the famous photograph of the um, self-immolating uh, um, uh, Buddhist monk mm-hmm. um, uh, that was then placed on the cover of a uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine album. That's weird. Um, and how that, yeah, and how Rage Against the Machine fans, some of them just think that's the co- a really cool album cover. Oh, like, like <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> and I was thinking about how, like, like what that guy would think, what that Buddhist monk who lit himself on fire would think if he heard Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> like, what? Like, if he would care at all. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, but anyway, uh, 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 movies being super violent. Oh, that, uh, that, uh, um, 20, f- no, 48 hours and yeah, yeah, 48 hours. So did I tell you, this was actually a few years back now for my birthday, I took a day off work and I just for like got to a bunch of movies that I'd really been meaning to watch that were all on Netflix streaming. That was just how I spent my day off on my birthday because I'm a boring old person. It's w- item number 17 awesome. on 25 things millennials will appreciate doing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all the movies were Eddie Murphy movies. <laughs> <laughs> you spent the day with Eddie Murphy yeah, for your birthday. birthday. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, we, he and I had a great time. But it was all... Um, I basically tracked his career. I went trading places. Um, oh, no, I think I even did it in chronological order. So I did like 48 hours, trading places, Beverly Hills Cop, um, coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop 2, and then I ran out. I, another 48 hours was available, and I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. I feel like 48 hours was way boringer than I remember it. I watched it a little while ago. Really? And I was like, oh, it's pretty boring. It's basically oh, it's like, like a, a year or two ago. cop procedural, you know, like, and it's all about like this hardcore alcoholic racist dealing with this uh, guy who's in jail. Right. <laughs> like, and, oh, and Golden Child. That was also in there. I don't remember what that is. Though that's, uh, <laughs> that's Big Trouble in Little China, uh, Two, <laughs> oh, okay. Or kind of like, it's like it's like elements from Temple of Doom, elements from Ghostbusters, and elements from Big Trouble in Little China, Eddie Murphy style. <laughs> so wow, it, that sounds amazing. It's pretty fun. It's it's completely terrible, um, and uh, I'd have to look it up again. But there's three. Asian actors with rhyming last names that are in both <laughs> Big Trouble wow. in China and Golden Child. Huh. 
<laughs> and uh, it seems like I'm being racist, but if you look at the cast list, you're like, yeah, like <laughs> Victor Hung, <laughs> Sammy Chung, and <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Man, now I have all these terrifying photos of people with guns to their head because I Google image search Chinese guy with gun to head. <laughs> oh, God. Now, you're also flagged on, like, <laughs> some kind of... <laughs> Which, thank God Google knows I'm a fucking clueless racist white person because the, the photo is called Vietnam Execution. So it's <laughs> okay. not a Chinese guy with a gun to his head. But it is of historical importance about uh, the Vietnam War. And I'm sorry to make such light of it, but... <laughs> um, I don't even remember what the joke was. <laughs> that Eddie Murphy kept do- reenacting that photo on stage during his oh, stand-up I see. see, that nice. makes it kind of funny and okay again, because yeah. it's terrifying. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Um... So yeah, that yeah, that's all. And and Eddie Murphy was great in uh, Mystery Girls. What's it called? Dream Ma- Girls. Dream Girls. Was it Dream Girls? Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, yeah, I never saw that. Um, you, you are not missing a darn thing, but except for Eddie Murphy's performance. Uh, it's a it's a great it's a fantastic success story for someone who got kicked off of American Idol, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then showed us all who's who in the zoo. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, absolutely true. True regarding who's who and the zoo. <laughs> um, and yeah, like when I was watching, I'm going to keep talking about 48 hours. Um, okay. When I was watching 48 hours that, no, just really the final thing. Like that's absolutely what I imagine when I say like, um, big deal, uh, like celebrity star cast, star filled cast, uh, you know, blockbuster movies started to merge together with movies that were on TV when you forgot to turn off the TV on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Cause it really is just like crazy. Like people just getting fucking gunned down left and right and going into slow motion a lot. <laughs> and like huh. it just being like, I can imagine the little kids being like, guns are really fucking scary from watching that or like that's a really scary movie whereas like you know golden child and big yeah. trouble little china that's all like uh you know very very packaged and safe and and still like kind of 80s messy which is what's so wonderful about it but by comparison completely different and i mean you know whatever it's awesome that eddie murphy was in both <laughs> <laughs> i um uh speaking of uh Movies being insanely bloody. Somebody, uh, I was talking to someone today who brought up Commando and uh, just the insane amount of different guns in <laughs> Commando starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. And uh, it reminded me there's a great, I have to look it up, there's a great video on YouTube of like a six year old in Africa describing the plot of commando and it's the most adorable thing ever it's so cute he's so into all the guns and he describes all the guns and it's just oh it's the best and that's far more important to him than the actual events going on in the movie yeah exactly <laughs> that's great um yeah i love 
we've talked about it before, I think, but I love how when you're a kid, like the look of and the toys that the people play with are the most defining factor of like what's exciting about a movie or a show. Oh yeah. So like, like, like the, um, like what, what, I remember what I said, like, I think it was on the other podcast when you were a guest, we talked about how, like, if, uh, like back to the future wouldn't be back to the future. If the time traveling car didn't look exactly this way, Star Trek couldn't be Star Trek. If the ship weren't shaped this way and how like weird it is to say that like this thing that I think has a really deep, like heart and well-written piece of, of, you know, of fiction is, um, it, to me, it's strength in some ways lies in production design. Like that's crazy. Oh yeah, totally. I remember being so obsessed with, uh, what was inside of the ghost trapper machine from Ghostbusters oh, that they'd nice. roll out and then it would suck in the ghost. I thought that was the coolest, like, object in a because <laughs> I'm remembering it from the cartoon too sure. from the real Ghostbusters and I feel like there was an episode where they went inside of it and of course it was like way bigger on the inside than on the outside mm-hmm. uh, but I remember being so obsessed with that as an object and think it was the coolest thing right yeah. like way cooler than Way cooler than anything, any of Slimer's drama. <laughs> way cooler than that time when Slimer baked a cake, but then ate it on the way to bringing it to Peter. Right, exactly. Or, you Peter's know, birthday any of those, party. Yeah, exactly. Any of those Slimer shenanigans. <laughs> Slimer's fucking drama. Um, <laughs> was, it, was it the real Ghostbusters and Slimer? Later on, was yeah. It, <laughs> Did, was it because he joined or was it because he'd always been there and he just became more popular? I think it was that. I've heard that the that they uh, tested it and realized that a much younger audience than they realized was watching it. Like it started out being for like eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds and pretty soon they're like, I think only four-year-olds are watching our show. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like, let's make the green ghost with the high-pitched voice the main character. <laughs> that show did kind of turn into Muppet Babies. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, because eventually there, I guess there were entire episodes without the Ghostbusters. It was just like Slimer playing with kids. <laughs> Whoa! But it was the same show. I it may have at that point just been called slime, like the slimer in his drama. But. I am so surprised. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but it, I, I bet it was still called Ghostbusters, and they just totally changed it and thought no one would notice. I, I, I'm always surprised at like how much uh, people who write TV shows just let shit slide and think you're not going to notice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess when you're four, you're not. But Yeah, well, and I think our culture was so much less obsessed with, like, detailing everything back then. Well, because you, like, had, you had to have the VHS out. You had to have, exactly. have that, that, uh, <laughs> that six-hour tape in there ready to press record. Yeah, and if it was set to six hours, the fucking resolution was garbage. <laughs> so, it was like, thank God I hear who's talking because it's just two blobs saying <laughs> Dear Mexel Corporation. <laughs> I set your tape to SLP. <laughs> and L clearly stands for lame. <laughs> and yeah, like now it's like, Ugh, this YouTube channel's only in 1080. It's fucking 4K time now, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> our resolutions are, are crazy. Our amount of detail is crazy. And you have fucking Redditors doing their whole subreddit where they're like, in this one episode of Star Trek, Spock says, 
Vulcanians. And in his other episode, he says Vulcans. <laughs> how do we explain in-universe how both of those are correct? <laughs> well, that's easy. They didn't anticipate Reddit. Like, that's the only... <laughs> that's re- not in-universe! <laughs> <laughs> the, the only reason any of that shit happens is that the makers of the show had no idea... Reddit was going to be a thing. Right, or that fandom was going to be a thing. (laughs) Exactly. It's fucking crazy. And, I mean, yeah, as I've already fully admitted, I have one foot in there, but very quickly, I, like... It's like a law of diminishing returns. Like, how fun is it to explore why this thing in the universe is the way it is, even if it's accidentally on the writer's part? And then when does it become so much more fulfilling to just say, because they didn't think it through? (laughs) Like the rubber band snaps back and you're like, you know, what's important about that episode is how fucking good, you know, Picard's speech at the end is not whether the Goldblorbians are in sector nine or 58. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what? They were making a show every week. There's going to be some, there's going to be some shit that slips by. Like there were like 22 to 24 episodes per season. I bet they were all so exhausted. (laughs) I know. Just like I mean, that's why a clip show existed because they were just like fill the network order, and now it's like, oh, season five of Girls just ended. Okay, like I feel like yeah. not much happened, but okay, see you in a year. Yeah, totally. No, exactly. Yeah, we just finished watching. Uh, we just finished watching Togetherness because Togetherness was eight episodes long. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's so crazy. And I don't know. Maybe it'll be back. Uh, I, yeah. Do I care? I don't know. I think I do care. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am very I, interested to see the season, second season of um, Transparent, because I still I, haven't watched that. Oh yeah, it's super good. And at the time, I was incredibly like, "This is the future," because it's also about very, you know, it's from the mind of very forward-thinking, open-minded <laughs> people. There have been so many times when you've screamed that. This is the future. <laughs> yeah, my neighbors, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> what is, Max, what is? So I am sure, though, that my neighbors think that I'm a crazy person, uh, specifically from the segment in, the, the moment in uh, Kimmy Schmidt when... Titus looks out the window and he thinks he's looking in a mirror and there's a random old man standing outside. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I'm old. And the man punches him in the stomach. <laughs> and says, you watched me struggle for two hours. How rude. Like, I was gasping, <laughs> screaming, laughing. And I'm sure my neighbors were like, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing headphones. That's the other thing. So there's no, there's no, they don't know I'm watching anything. <laughs> so you're just laughing. <laughs> I just um, think I'm fucking vaping. <laughs> you got <laughs> well, you're also vaping. I'm also you're vaping. Also, you're also old man out the window is so fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I didn't even I didn't even think of it in a weed sense. I thought of you just smoking like a cool blue e cig. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I'm al- I'm alternating one then the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> another Sophie's choice. Um. <laughs> Each uh, drag is like another Sophie's choice. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think yeah. you know what you're saying. They're just trying to be edgy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what if Building 7 had been smoked to the ground? 
is a crazy slogan. <laughs> there is, there is, the, there is the. Do you think that the anti-smoking organization Truth has worried about getting lumped in with the 9/11 Truthers? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's at at some point they've had a meeting in the truth boardroom. It's like, okay, what are we going to do about this truther movement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We already started the truth.org and now they're <laughs> trying to pay us bitcoins to let us switch it over to <laughs> what is the melting point of steel? <laughs> um uh that's not a thing anymore, right? We're not on Bitcoin anymore. We're on Darkcoin now. <laughs> I don't know about Darkcoin. I, I think you, uh, you can spend Darkcoin on Darknet and um, just get like pounds of heroin. I think. I think that's the. Uh, I think that's what you get on Darknet with Darkcoin. So I think for a while Bitcoin was was for the Darknet pounds of of heroin weed, but uh, then everyone was like, "Oh, let's write a piece on Bitcoin." And they're like, "Fuck! Now we got to use something else." Yeah, no, Bitcoin's Bitcoin's still a thing, but now it's a uh, a think piece generator. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was reading like, yeah, what where the w- Silk Road got shut down, which is like which was the online drug marketplace, and I read something in Wired then about like the online drug marketplace is still alive and well, but now there's like fifteen different different cryptocurrencies you can mm. use. Like dark coin is the most and I heard that somebody made a robot uh somebody wrote code that would they would just give uh um uh give dark coin to this uh code robot that they made and send it on to Darknet and it would just randomly buy things and wow. then they'd see what they got back. And That's I crazy. guess it just bought acid. Somebody just wrote all this code, sent their little uh, internet robot out into the world with some uh, cryptocurrency, and then a week later they just got LSD in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> eh, one one clearly leads to the other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cause and effect. Um, that's pretty great. Uh I wonder if the robot somehow loved acid. <laughs> I think I think they were yeah you, get, you they wrote the either I mean and it's a, the, an the, emergent the, property that it loved acid. Exactly the most you know I I know I know nothing about random code robots but the the most logical explanation is probably that acid is what there is most of on darknet yeah like, exactly darknet is mostly acid but uh, <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, the other explanation could be that um, uh, they just they just wrote a super hallucinogenic, like super Carlos Castaneda uh, bunch of code. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I think that's I think that's absolutely the case. That robot became a crow for a little while. I <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out which was worse: uh, someone who is a person who wants to talk about how they don't tip on principle. Or someone who is the guy who hands the waitress a slip of paper that says, you have been tipped with Bitcoin. Please go to this website to retrieve your Bitcoin. Oh, fucking gross. (laughs) Which is a thing, which actually exists. So you live in the worst city in the world because (laughs) apparently there is a service in New York where adults go to uh, daycare. (laughs) 
Yes. Yes, they pay $1,000 to shit their pants. <laughs> so when I first heard this, I immediately assumed it was like 60-year-olds or like 70-year-olds. And I was like, <laughs> that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's not. It's like people our age. It's like people who had kids and are like, God, I'm so jealous. <laughs> who had kids and sleeve tattoos. It's like right, it's, exactly. it's the uh, it's that 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 intersection in the Venn diagram produces someone who so yeah somebody who has kids sleeve tattoos and a sweet startup that was <laughs> that, that so intense so we were talking about BuzzFeed articles for our age group which is a redundant statement but uh, one that kind of surprised me it was like thirty hilarious but harmless. April Fool's gags to play on your kids. And I was like, that's kind of fun, I guess. And I went and I read them because I don't have much going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's either I read this BuzzFeed list or I slip my wrists. <laughs> little, you can wait a little longer, razor blades. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> but, um, that, uh, I realized as I was reading it that, like, boy, oh, boy, these are dull. <laughs> and that, like, <laughs> having kids is dull. And we know this. This is fine. You don't have kids because it's not dull. You have kids because it's joyous and wonderful. But, like, I feel like there's still this desire to remain kind of cool and, like, fun. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we have kids, but we're still so fun. And so it's like, I don't know. Like, I kept responding either... Like, oh, that's mean, though. The kids aren't... That's mean. <laughs> or, like... <laughs> like, stupid little kids. <laughs> or, you know, I guess... Or just, like, oh, that's sweet. And that's when I realized, like, there's... You can't be both... Like, like fun is mildly dangerous. And you can't do that with kids. Like, I, like adult fun, I mean, you know? Right. Like, you can have fun all day long, kid-level fun, but, like, it's kind of like how I used to be, I feel like, when I have kids, I'm not going to let them watch Nemo a thousand times. They're going to watch all the Coen Brothers films. Right. <laughs> and it's like... They're going to watch the Cider House Rules. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't know why. <laughs> like, you're going to ma make your kids really boring adults? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to watch all the mediocre Oscar-winning films. The Cider yeah, House exactly. Rules followed up by Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> and, like, you know, that was like, I'm not going to let a... I'm not going to let the you know, me and my wife's standards go down the hill and, and succumb to the kids. And I totally understand that. And I think that's totally legit, but you're, you, it's like, you might as well just show your kids horror films. <laughs> like yeah. It's going to make their brains <laughs> gross. <laughs> and like, there's a reason we let them watch Nemo a thousand times. Like, do you remember what it was like to be a little kid and like, the same thing over and over still had so much value every single time you watched it. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Like <laughs> it's wonderful. And I really miss it. Like very rarely can I watch a movie a second time and not just start like checking my phone. 
oh yeah no let alone start the never-ending story like right when it ends like (laughs) restart the never-ending story yeah yeah. it truly is (laughs) never-ending oh i see because i'm being (laughs) kind and rewinding um yeah and so like that's the time to be a stupid little poopy kid and there should be no like come on next there should be no next level shit in yeah. the kid's life <laughs> <laughs> and so like not any of these not that any of these pranks were really next level but like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are they doing to these kids build a robot that buys acid <laughs> <laughs> That's a crazy prank. I don't really know how that's going <laughs> to... Yeah, how does that even affect your kids? I don't know, just do it. It's sweet. Dark coin. Man. <laughs> BuzzFeed's getting lazier and lazier hiding their advertisements. And their sponsors are very dubious now. <laughs> yeah, sponsored by Dark Coin. I really want to get this podcast sponsored by Dark Coin. That would be amazing. <laughs> Maybe it is, and their ad is like, Dark. <laughs> I still I still don't quite even know that those are words. <laughs> that, 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 that these are actual things we're talking about. I don't know how dark coin works or what it is really. I just yeah, know that it buys I'm misusing it. It's it's like did you see the transforms? <laughs> <laughs> were, were the robots puppets or CSI? <laughs> 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 People like in the know are like, it's shadow coins, idiots. Exactly. <laughs> then they have that Sophie's choice between which vape to <laughs> pull from. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I'm already like super over seeing everyone post about their children on Facebook because I am that oh, age. Oh man, I'm just getting into that. Huh? I'm just getting into that shit. i'm really into looking at uh pictures of other people's kids on facebook like some people like uh movies like some people like um i don't know fishing Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. some people like seeing pictures of other kids all other people's kids on facebook and that's me I'm down. Right, right. If you were single, I call it baby core. Your OK Cupid profile would be like really into looking at my friends' kids on Facebook, <laughs> and they'd True. be like, "Oh, he wants kids," or they'd be like, "Oh, he wants kids." <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so thanks, listeners, for hanging out with us while we uh, entertained ourselves and one another, and then very slowly ran out of energy on the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I felt like I felt like it got a little low energy uh, toward the end. Maybe like if you could just edit in some explosions or Absolutely, like I, uh, I don't know some like just audio of someone chugging an energy drink. (laughs) (laughs) It'll just sound like chugging in general, but you can hear the energy. Yeah, yeah, there's little, like, moments of, like, oh, as he's chugging. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the sound of someone gaining energy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. He's pretty excited about the energy. (laughs) You're such a millennial. (laughs) <laughs> is that how you get excited? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Every millennial can relate to that being the sound of giving energy. <laughs> 48 sounds you make when you're excited. <laughs> um, uh, all right, so yeah, check our uh, co- our consistently energetic website at oh, uh, yeah. Razor.blogspot.com and there may be a Tumblr uh, at some point. <gasps> yes, yes, there's going to be, I swear. No, no, I swear no, there rush, will be. no rush. You can't rush art, babe. <laughs> you can't rush Tumblr. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so isn't that the, the whole point that it's like instantaneous? Shh. <laughs> uh, don't be a Will Wheaton post on every seven fucking seconds, man. <laughs> you gotta be more like a fuck yeah Brad Neely posting like once every like five days. Yeah, yeah. Or like um, or like a share or something where you just like are off Twitter for a while and then you pop back on with like twenty tweets worth of total nonsense in a row. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta follow that model because I'm off for 20 days, but when I pop back on, I tweet one thing. <laughs> and I'm off yeah, no, me days. too, me too. Yeah, so I gotta, gotta get that share energy. <laughs> I think what I have to become is slightly senile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or chug her new energy drink, share energy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, feel free to uh, let us know what you think of the show, or tell us uh, what. Horrifying disaster you think Eddie Murphy should have referenced on his stand up special uh, at Occam's Occam O C C A M at gmail.com. That's right. And yeah, we'll get back to you approximately whenever we feel like it with another episode of um, Skype High Five. Yes. Uh-huh.